0: Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome to Tone Talk with Mark Yvansky and Dave Friedman. It's episode 91. Can you believe that? 91 episodes?
1: That's... No. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's crazy. Um, we've got an awesome guest tonight, guitar player for Guns N' Roses. He's played for the Psychedelic Furs, the Dead Daisies, uh, Richard Fortas. How you doing, Richard?
2: I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on here. This is uh,
0: quite an honor. Oh, the oh, honor is ours, good. man. Thank you. Thanks for joining. Really appreciate it. And uh, Dave, what are you drinking?
1: Well, thanks to Michael Torren, which he probably is not in the chat yet, but thanks to Michael Torren, we have a Belvini 21-year Ooh, Portwood. Very excellent scotch. See, now I am not cheap. <laughs> now
0: I know why he gets first dibs on the Saldana. <laughs> well, you
1: know. you know a a nice bottle of something goes a long way in a lot of areas all right in a lot of people's lives you know i gotta write that down i gotta write
0: note
2: to self
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly (laughs) i have not
0: sent dave any bottles of anything and i think now i understand why (laughs) i'm waiting you're not
1: getting first dibs yeah. yeah
0: exactly i'm not getting any packages so (laughs)
1: <laughs> you, know, you know you know the the funny the funny thing is like someone might think I drink all the time. I don't drink all like I mean I haven't had a single drop of anything for I don't know 10 days or something. I don't know. And then I decide to have some drinks if I want or not. It's yeah. the weekend. Why not? Yeah. No, I you know me. you're not an alcoholic.
0: <laughs> Never <laughs> want, have been. <laughs> no, we don't want people to think that you are. Yeah. Um so rich what have you been up to, man? During this ten months of madness, uh, I've been home. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've been traveling at all. I'm, uh, I'm actually, luckily, I've had a fair amount of work coming in, and I'm just working out of my studio here in my home, so, which is nice. I mean, I'm. It's been. I've never been home this much, so it's been great. <laughs> I've been able to get to know my
1: kids <laughs> you know? now I know your name finally <laughs> yeah right
2: <laughs> yeah it, it's actually it's been really awesome for me because I get to hang out with them all day I mean I'm down here working and they're upstairs in school and in their rooms and it's just it's been great I get to have lunch with them we have dinner every night it's like
1: yeah you know, it's, have it's you had good. to play teacher yet
2: you know, uh, they're oh, yeah. both really self-sufficient and much smarter than I am.
1: Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you know, you're in trouble when like your 10 year old or something will will come up to you with a problem from school and you're look, looking at it going. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: yeah, I've had that before where I'm yeah, lost with whatever Homer.
1: Well, I always, I always go like math. Math math, math is the, the worst. Way, math, the way they do it now, doesn't make any sense uh, to me. Yeah. I was, ta- I was taught the way to, you know, long, the long, or, long. Right. You know, and just carry the one, blah, blah, blah. Yep. It doesn't, they don't do it that way anymore. Uh-uh. And I'm like, going, uh-uh. hmm, seems so much harder now. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call that now? What was it? A- I don't
0: know, math. I don't know. math.
1: Yeah, yeah my wife always says core math or something.
0: Yeah, common core. That's common
1: right. core.
2: My wife says some girls. My wife always says to the girls, if it you know they if it was fun, they wouldn't call it math. They call it donuts.
0: Something. <laughs> 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 I like that. That's funny. So I actually have heard that you have a Jose Marshall. I do. I do. You still have, um,
2: it. yeah, right down there. Um, yes, I do. I, do. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Yeah, I, um, I do, and it's uh, the greatest Marshall I've ever heard. That's I bought sweet. it from. I bought mine from McMars when I first joined Guns, and uh, yeah, I've never heard another. I, I mean, you know, Plexis do something different than you know. It's a seventy-three so it's you know it's a it's much tighter on the low end and uh but man it's not super gainy like a lot of jose's stuff it's really just broad and open sounding um and there's just so much definition it's not very gainy though not compressed in in that way that a lot of his stuff is
1: it just sounds like the uh standard uh, the three-way mod that he had which is just a gain stage in front of kind of a plexi with a master volume basically uh, that's what I, it sounds like if it's not gainy it doesn't have a push pull master does it um yes oh it does Mm-hmm. this is one of the mode no oh, okay well then it might have the clipping diodes
2: i i have to bring it to you Dave. you have to
1: because i
2: i i really would love to do you know um voodoo amps on the east coast had cloned it and they did an excellent job um but uh i've been trying to figure out what i'm going to what i'm gonna do for a another rig because i need to have two in each rig
1: <laughs> right 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 so
2: and i don't want to take that one out anymore
1: oh that would be the be marshall no big, no big deal to do yeah that'd be awesome i mean i've only been in god i don't know how many at this point 50. 50 really? of them or something over, over the course of time, yeah. Didn't you have a Black Flag one that you... Uh... I did originally have a Black Flag one, which was just the basic mod, um, which I sold a million years ago, and then later Lon Cohen uh, Studio Rentals. Uh, he had it I... for since... I mean, I sold it to him probably in 1992. Right. I've used that amp. Yeah.
2: I've rent- Yeah, we've rented that amp.
1: Right. And then he sold it for an exorbitant amount of money. I I said, hey, can I buy it back from you? And he goes, yeah, here's the price. And I'm like, ha, no. (laughs) Wow. Well, it was a black flag plexi and it was a Jose mod. So that, I mean, just the black flag plexi is worth a gazillion dollars by itself. And um, did the Jose mod bring it down or make it? make it Oh, made it higher. I forgot forgot what he sold it for, 15,000, 18,000, something like that. Holy crap. Yeah, there's no way in hell, sorry yeah I, I i unfortunately i you know it's just i mean it's a collectible item and that's the only reason that it's going for that much money um it no, won't necessarily sound any better than if you made a clone of it or a new one you know it just just looks cool what, <laughs> is, what was the difference with the black flag i'm not familiar with it black flag was an early well there was black Generally the black flag um era amps were it was a transition on the fifty watt amps, it's kind of started with where it was a transition between um a JTM forty five and a fifty watt. So it was like basically a fifty watt with a tube rectifier. Um now the hundred watt version of it was sort of a similar affair, but no tube rectifier. Um and was that, was that what you had, the JTM 45-100-100? Well, it wasn't the JTM 45-100-100. It was a Black Flag 100. So the Black Flag, okay. The thick stack transformers, which generally I don't actually recommend because um, I don't think they sound as good as the, the uh, just the regular old Plexi transformers that were later. Um, which is a really early version of of uh, a Plexi 100. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But it's just the way the logo and the way it was designed. Yeah, it's it has a little logo in the corner that has a little, right, a little looks like a black yeah. Yeah. box that says JT, uh, JTM in it, I think. Yeah. You never see those. No, never. They, yeah. they didn't make them very long. It, didn't co- it was very few, few and far between on that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if I could kick myself for you know, if I had a – I, there were so many things I've sold over the years that I, I just, I just, I can't think about it because if I do, I'll just get upset. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave, were, was you ever,
2: were you ever a uh, Tweed guy? Were you ever a Fender guy?
1: Not so much. Mostly all English marshals, Voxes, marshals, high Watts. Okay. That's, that's me. What
2: about, what about the more obscure stuff like Laney's or uh, well, yeah, obscure, I mean, like, selmer's or kelly's or
1: yeah alpico's or what other great well English you know carl's bro cool. yeah you know all those are really cool um i had the fortunate i've, I've told on the show before i was fortunate enough when i moved to california when i was 18 years old in 1988 i went to work for andy brower's studio rentals at the time yep so at brown. the time, Andy had everything under the sun in that showroom. I mean, literally anything, everything, every tweet amp, every blackface amp, you know, modded marshals, old vintage marshals, high watts, brown face fender uh, you name it, right? <clears throat> so uh, I learned really early on what all the uh, – what everything sounded like, what it, what it all was, you know, and how, how the, here's a Tweed Deluxe and this sounds this way. Okay. I get it. You know? Um, right. I learned it, it was like a big library to me at that point in time, but I was already into like, yeah, I already, like I moved to California with plexis already Yeah I was already into that stuff. So for me, it was just like, Oh, okay. Now I know I've learned every single amp and what it does and what it sounds like. And right. that's a library that most people don't get a chance to have. No. They, they just don't have the opportunity to have played. I mean, back to back, every blackface amplifier made, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe except for an obscure one or two. But I was going to say Joe Bonamassa can do that. But other than Yeah, that, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. You know, starting from the, you know, Prince, you know, Champ, Princeton, Deluxe, Reverb, Vibrolux uh uh vibraverb super right. reverb twin that literally was all in the showroom <laughs> yeah that's all in joe's
2: living room right joe right. bonamassa's house yeah. is like a yeah. museum and he's got yeah. every year every tweed it's yeah. it, of every model it's yeah. a, a, incredible yeah. now he's the Marshall, and they're all immaculate they're all like perfect
0: yeah he goes for these insanely clean vintage yep. pieces. it's insane it's incredible by the way we got, a, got
2: uh, one of everything but mine are not clean <laughs> okay. oh, it doesn't matter okay.
1: i mean you but know they you, sound good you mentioned laney's too the old laney's were killer uh the uh, i've got
2: a super group right here
1: the oh, trainers oh. old trainers can be cool trainers sure um, sure the uh speaking
2: of laney dave i've got a question
1: for you do you know music city
2: yeah Music City. Okay, no, there was an amp called a Music City, and they right. were. I've had one for years, and I just found out that it's the exact same thing as a Supergroup.
1: It's the, yeah. There it were a lot. Made, there was a lot of that cross pollination. Yeah, yeah. Like yep. I, I found there's this other amp out there that I saw on Reverb recently called a Flame. Yeah, it was red, and I was like Flame. Wow, that looks familiar. I did a, like a little research on it, and I'm like, "Going, oh, that was the designer that designed all the Selmer stuff." Mm, and if right. you look, oh, it's like the same Selmer chassis, the same kind of front panels, same everything, you know. Oh, Kelly. So, yeah,
2: Kelly also before he did Flame, he started Kelly Amps, right. and he he left Selmer and took a few of the guys with him, and started Kelly. And I've got there, I've got a Kelly here. I've got. Two more in the other room. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big Selmer fan, but um, great. great. I like the yeah. croc ones. I've got two
0: croc ones.
1: Rebel and Base 50 croc.
0: Yeah, I've got two Zodiacs. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, um, you guys are talking that um, I've never played before. Most well, people, most people
1: play, in this world haven't, haven't. Yeah,
0: haven't. What do they sell? Um, like? Are they uh, for, for
1: Fender ish or? Uh,
2: no, they're more Vox ish.
0: Like, I think. Yeah.
2: They're yeah, they're you know it's
1: mixed with Vox maybe oh, okay. yeah a
2: little bit. The treble and bass is like a high almost or or almost like a a blackface Fender crossed with a Vox. Okay. Then uh, the Zodiacs, I really dig. Yeah, but yeah, I've got man, I got I got a lot of those weird English amps. I'm I,
1: I like the weird ones, I, you know, and sometimes I find myself looking for oddballs that I know can be cool or were just an odd i almost i was came really close to buying this amp and i might probably would have regretted it actually because i don't think it was going to sound that great but uh do you remember um alan holdsworth at one time used sundown amps Mm -hmm. yep
2: i do remember that
1: and there was one up for sale and i like looked at the model and i looked at the schematics online and i'm like on that should sound pretty good i think I, it was like six hundred dollars i was like going i almost bought it <laughs> but yep. you know sometimes you just want like you don't know, want to go out and buy something because i don't know you're bored or you just want some new toy <laughs> right uh yeah yeah you know that, that happens right you know it's like oh what do they got in the vintage pedals over here oh yeah let's oh i don't have that oh that's cool <laughs> it looks cool it looks cool. Let's let's it's just buy fuzzy. It. Okay, it. it's 200 bucks.
0: <laughs> right. And then right. you get a
1: package three weeks later and you know, and then you, you try it and then you put it on your shelf and then it sits there. Yep. And collects dust for a long time. And maybe you bring it out again at some point. But so Dave, do you know the El Pico amps? El Pico. It was an English amp. I don't know El Pico.
2: They look like a little lunchbox, like mm-hmm. uh, metal. Um almost like a bigger trouble booster you know that same type of casing yeah, but it's yeah. bigger and they're gray um i have two of them uh, and there's like a simple mod you can do and apparently they're the exact same as a an 18 watt marshall
1: oh okay oh yeah yeah yeah
2: and you change the phase inverter and you basically got a 18 watt marshall. marshall same yeah. transformer same everything yeah
1: do you ever do you ever see the little baby 20 watt sound city heads that ma- they yep. were made? yeah look like i don't little, have one. like it looked t- it's tiny like a little box it looked like yep those are cool i've, I've got, worked on a few of those
2: i've got um i've got a few sound cities i've got uh um or sorry um the one i was talking about before is not a the, the one that's the same as the laney it's called a music city not a sound city right i so anyways but i've got a couple of 200 watt sound cities and i've got a mm-hmm. sound city 120
1: 200 watt ones are great for bass
2: i've got a yeah that's a what field. that's predominantly what they were used for same with the high i've got a high watt 200 too Ooh, you know yeah. what else I, you know and it's it it
1: was actually belonged to punky meadows and it was
2: stolen in st louis but
1: uh and I, yeah i serviced one not too long ago and it's like literally the lights would dim when you flipped it on you know yes that's exactly, yes. And you hit a cord and the lights dim. And we were like, okay, let's, I, I had this higher wattage uh, cabinet I didn't care about in the shop, you know, like this um, JCM 800 cabinet with 75 watt speakers I didn't give a crap right. about. Like, this plug it into that. <laughs> and, just uh, plug it into one
2: 412 cab. One
1: 412 cab. Well, I mean, the, with those speakers, yeah, I didn't care what was going to happen. And, uh, and we put bass through it and god it was good (laughs) oh man it was even good for guitar clean like it had a certain chime to it that was really cool so what i do with my 200 watts
2: is i'll take one 16 ohm out into the into a 412 and then i'll take another one into a load box
1: Ah, into like
2: into like an ox or something and then uh it is power yeah 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 and that's it. Makes it a bit more manageable, you know. My one of my favorite amps is a Park One
1: Hundred and Fifty. Yeah, four KT eighty eights. You have one? I had one. Okay. I, I had a really it's weird like one. I bought major- it from. I bought it in nineteen eighty nine or so from Mike Soldano. Mm-hmm. It was actually it had a Soldano mod on it, so it was a two hundred watt plexi or the one hundred fifty watt plexi Park with a soldano mod on it It was devastatingly brutal huh it's a cool yeah yeah because it's
2: like a combination of a uh of a major and a super lead because it has the extra preamp tube Mm -hmm. and it's essentially like what uh blackmore used to use because didn't blackmore have a major that he would have an extra the preamp tube put in
1: yeah, or, or he stage. used a tape machine in front of the in front of the major. He used to do a reel-to-reel tape machine um, uh-huh. that, that would preamp the front of the amps a little bit. Huh? You so Didn't hear that.
2: Like, no, I did not. Yeah, like it was like a distortion EP-
1: box basically. It would boost like the front an EP3 end.
2: 3 box. Yeah, kind,
1: well, sort of, but it would boost it more than that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I love the preamp section of EP3s. Well they just they don't necessarily preamp anything more, they just make it sound better. Yeah, yeah. It just it's just like rounder or something, or just yeah. there's something coloration to yeah. it that just adds a cool thing to it.
2: Yeah. But it seems to compress it a little bit and make it more sustaining. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, but yeah, exactly. it's it's not like an overdrive or anything like no. that. But no. but man, EP3s are magical, aren't they? Yeah, just, except they don't
1: ever work very long. There is that there is that even if they're serviced, like I had mine serviced and I, and I have a really good guy that can service them and we were going to use it uh, in that video I did with Pete Thorne that Van Halen esque video we did. Yeah, and, uh, I saw that and yeah, yeah, that was a failed attempt. We It broke <laughs> really <laughs> couldn't do it. We wanted to we had all the right materials, but some of them broke. <laughs> they're so. very finicky. Yeah, yeah I if have you to, look at them wrong, they're gonna break. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Hey, I want to get to a couple super chats before sure. I before I, they swing by me and I can't find them again. Uh Rummy, thanks for the super chat. Uh he says Mick Mars tone talk, shout at the Marshall. <laughs> uh <laughs> speaking of that, how did you get how did you acquire the uh the Marshall from um from Mick? Um you remember Lloyd
2: at voltage yeah guitars. So Lloyd called me up and I had just joined Guns and I was buying Marshall's and he knew and uh said, Hey, my buddy Mick is selling a bunch of his stuff. You know, he's if you want to go out there with me this weekend. So I rode out to his house and you know Mick was at going through I think a divorce or something and moving and was trying to get rid of a bunch of stuff and Uh, and so I plugged into probably 10 different Jose's modded marshals and, and just plugged into this one. And it was, it was just magical. I mean, I hit one chord and I, you know, the, the skies, the clouds parted and angels (laughs) sang and light, a light, a light shone down. It was great.
0: Like how much you (laughs) want. (laughs) And he was,
2: and he was like, Yeah that's the one I did all the albums with and I'm like oh man you got to keep this he's like look you, you think you're taking advantage of me you're not you're doing me a favor I don't need it and so I was like oh, okay I'll take it and that and that I bought a, I bought a plexi from them as well wow that's that I still have
0: amazing yeah
2: that's cool and now I'm getting ready to sell a ton of stuff
0: yeah you were telling us before yeah. Sell, uh,
2: you want to tell us only why gonna, only oh. going to keep the essential stuff and uh, mostly guitars I, it's you know selling amps is really hard <laughs> you know um because each one does something unique i mean even with Marshalls, it's like uh, just in my in my control room here i've got a J, jtm 45 park uh 100 watt um plexi and then a 50 watt plexi pa head um that i my buddy modded for me a kelly which we were talking about before it's like um kelly pa head that's been modded and then a laney super group <laughs> two more marsh no three more marshals 100 watts 73 <laughs> you know it's like because each one does something different yeah there's there's an old orange 73 orange yeah that so I mean, everything does, and and I'm I'm attached to all of them. It, and there's a
1: certain visual to it too. You just look at well, at least for me. Now I think I think this doesn't translate well to younger uh, the younger audience, shall we say? But for me, when I see an old cabinet, an old head sitting there that has some abuse and some wear and tear and tears in the Tolex and this and that, I just kind of look at it and go, "Ooh, <laughs> what's its story?"
2: yeah that you know i'm more that way about about tweet amps about uh fenders mm-hmm. um there's something about the way and uh, an old beat up tweet amp looks that just makes me long to plug into it. <laughs> you know it's like I, I every time i walk by my i've got a live room out here with a, a ton of um of tweet amps and every time i walk in there i just want to plug into each one you know that. Right. there's just something magical about them
0: a Strat well I was gonna say when you plug into them do you find yourself playing a different guitar when you go into the tweed stuff like are you playing more fendery guitars no I the i don't I don't subscribe to that I mean I know there's a lot of that
2: like you know fenders with fenders and mm-hmm. I, I have no problem plugging into a tweed twin with a three thirty five i well, you know, yeah, you said, okay. you, you said it differently. You said it differently, but, you know, or, a, or you know, a junior into a, a bandmaster. Oh, right. I mean, that's right.
1: hard to be. Brown face bandmaster with? No, a tweed. The oh, three yeah, tenths. The... Okay, that's great. <laughs> well, there's some tweed amps that are very marshally. So, like, you know, like the, some of that. Um, like Tweed Twins and uh, and and Basemans and uh, yep. all of those are cathode follower amps, and they're all uh, they they all have this Marshall kind of character to them, kind of. Yeah, my Tweed Twin. What I'll do a lot is run, or I guess they. I'll... Sorry, they were the first. Marshall right, has their right, character, right, right, right.
2: <laughs> but I'll run a uh, a line out of the Tweed Twin into my Ox. Mm-hmm. Take the take the aux and then use the modeled a modeled 412 right and then run the cable back to the speakers and mic the amp. Hmm. And so that way I've got a 412 and the, the regular 212.
3: Killer.
2: And also I've had okay, I've got a low power tweed twin that uh I've had I had for years and I never was crazy about it. It was okay. You know it was okay. I changed the speakers to um, the uh, was it Alnico creams. Yeah. And my God, That's it's now speaker. one of my favorite amps. It's That's incredible.
1: A, yeah, it's oh. a really good speaker. It's even a good speaker in 412s.
2: And what's amazing is it's good right out of the box. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to break it in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, Great speaker. Yeah. You're a big cream um <sighs> Well, we use crit- Creambacks in some things. Um, to be honest, I don't... Yeah, yes, some of those. Um, I like the cream back H in a 412. That's a cool, cool right, speaker. It's right. a little more scooped. Um, of course, I love Greenbacks. I mean, everything has its place. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah, so, so yeah. a vintage 30 has its place. Uh, a green back has its place. Every, everything has its thing. It depends on the amp. Depends. Depends on the tone never of
2: Never had a lot never had a whole lot of luck with uh, vintage thirties personally, but
1: well, you know the funny thing is, like sitting in front of them, they don't always sound that good, but a lot of times they record quite well. Uh, it, it's like, it's quite well. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. In my live rig, I'm using G12HS and um and the Alnico Golds. Yeah. In an X pattern and it works really well for yeah,
1: me sure that also for a high wattage selection uh, a red back um, mm-hmm. you need like a, a lot of power like some of our combos we have 112 combos and we were blowing up creambacks left and right um because just the open back they don't they don't like it after a while if you're kind of cranking up the amp so we went to the red back and the red back sounds incredible it's really good it's not, it's not too bright it's uh Kind of broken in, sounding just sounds interesting. Okay, it's it I'll sounds like in the Greenback family, so to speak. Um, right, you know, like that sort of tone. But it it's it's you know, one hundred and fifty watt. It'll handle so, well, right, it can dish out a lot. But it seems to sound really nice and a little rolled in the top end. So if you got a brighter amp, you mm-hmm. want it a little sweeter. It works really well.
2: I um I noticed that with with your with the Marsha that I have mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, the creams work really well. Yeah. Oh, so you have one. Um, yeah. He, he, I it early. Yeah. I've got a hundred watt single channel.
0: Oh, wow. Really? That's early.
2: a killer one. You know what else I've got even older than that? Blankenship. Which one? The, the Veriplex? The, the veryplex. Didn't oh, you great. do that? Huh?
1: Did yeah, that you was, do that? Yeah, that was me.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. a great amp. That's a great amp. They're, that's a great like, Plexi, I, basically. You know. Yeah, yeah, with the Variac. Yep. Yeah, it's cool. that's an amp that I still use quite a bit. Cool. You can't. Yeah, that's them. a good one. Those are hard. Yeah, I, I, I've i seen them. I've seen, and they're not that expensive. I'm shocked. I figured they'd be uh, outrageously expensive. Now.
1: I have. I have the prototype. I have As the prototype with with an original Carry Right headbox which which is sort of modeled after what my dirty Shirley headbox became hmm okay, very cool. I might sell it though
2: I don't know I, I, mark, you need to get a bottle to him real quick
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly i gotta i gotta start shopping by the way, did you get your uh did you hear hear from uh neil geraldo on the uh the bottle yet did you get? Oh uh, yeah one?
1: it's 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 sent. i was i was hoping to actually it was i was hoping it would arrive for tonight but
0: uh it hasn't arrived yet right it
1: hasn't arrived yet but it, okay it, yeah he, mine he, hasn't arrived yet either he confirmed that they were sent yeah that's what he said he wrote me also <sighs> that it was sent, but uh i neil it. giraldo was on you know he we realized that he is a whiskey company oh is that right yeah three chord whiskey and it's oh, really, really highly rated and he does like rye whiskeys and all sorts of uh, bourbon and bourbon and and things and and of course, you know, I spoke up both well, I'd like to try it. <laughs> 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 well, I'll send you some, sure. <laughs> yeah, what a nice guy.
0: But you haven't gotten it yet. No, I haven't arrived yet. Everything's so, so. freaking slow these days. I did
1: I did look it all up though, and I and it does have really good reviews, like ninety-four huh. rating from like one of the major liquor critics and stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's heavy. That's good. Hmm. Good for him. I don't know. Hey, we got another super
0: chat from stay curious. Thank you, Dave. Which Friedman would you recommend to get a high gain JCM 2000 type tone? I'd say avoid that at all costs.
1: Um, um, sorry. I don't think any of my amps will do that tone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh,
0: but you can try multiple. going to try a
1: B one hundred deluxe, and that'll probably kick its ass. So let's let's, let's go there. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and where in L A. can you try multiple Friedman amps? Well, before COVID, you could try it at our shop, Tone Merchants. Um, although now uh, we don't have a demo setup anymore. Right now, so um, it's gonna be a while before that's back and running. So. Is that shop not there? Well, Merchants exist as a custom shop mostly. So yes, okay. it's still there. Um but we we kind of have, you know, when COVID started, we kind of dismantled and reconfigured around in there so we had bigger workspace and more space between, you know, whoever's gonna work. And uh so now it's it's it mostly was a custom shop towards towards you know the last several years so we we still sell product technically uh, i mean my partner's is the owner of it and um there's still product that's sold but um it's more mail order kind of things and specialty right. items and cu- pedal boards and racks and you know like i've done for you yes <laughs> you have several times yep
2: <laughs> yep uh, Hey that reminds me that uh what was the last thing that I had kept bugging you about well, I think it was the uh eventide yeah the h9 yeah that I finally found out that they don't work in that situation they just you're always going to have phase issues mm. it's because well, of their it's processing. because
1: that it's yeah, yeah I mean I in retrospect I understand what it is you need it with a mixer because yeah. You need to have the analog dry path because you have one amp that's dry and one that's wet. So you're right. passing through an A to D and D to A converter of the Eventide. Right, right. Which is- and a lot of your other effects have an analog dry path, so that's not an issue. But the Eventide, not so much. Right. So it needs to have an analog mixer, essentially, to fix right. that issue. That's, that's way that's way too much to deal with. I can get. Right, on, I got just get this dryman back or something or whatever you have. Yeah, swap. yeah, yeah. I have a. I have
0: yeah. a, behind me is a wet, dry, wet setup.
1: Yeah, but 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 like like he was doing it like so there was a complete dry amp and then one amp mm-hmm. that had an effects loop that occasionally had that pedal in. So if you inserted uh, that okay. pedal in that, it would delay it. Right. So it, so it was out of phase radar, with another ram. It sounds phasey. It doesn't sound right. Interesting. Right. You can fix it with a little tiny box, but
2: if you really I have a want a lot to use of that. little tiny boxes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've got a whole or box you can use them. a different tiny box to do the same kind of thing. Yeah, or
2: I could just get another
1: unit, which is what I did.
2: Yeah.
1: What'd you put in? Yeah
2: um i think i put the strymon back in
1: okay great
0: yeah we've got uh, another super chat jp henry thank you uh heard from a guy who says he originally owned mars's amp 73 super lead missing r jose mod sold to little mountain studios circa 89 maybe yours no mine came directly from mick and uh does
2: it say soup lead or no it doesn't it's it's actually really ugly and there's two holes that rudy laren cut in who was mixed tech um that for fans i think there was an intake fan and
1: how yeah yeah, (laughs) yeah. man there were so many 70s amps that were butchered like (laughs) yeah yeah you don't have to do that
0: (laughs) no no well, they were putting extra fans to keep things
1: well, well here's the thing you know the history behind that sort of is is you know in the in shall we say the olden days in the seventies you know matched tubes didn't exist um right. and pretty much the 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 thing of the day was just shove the tubes in the amp
2: right so they wouldn't even you
1: had non-matched tubes so you had tubes that were vastly different from each other
2: and not biased
1: and not by, you know, not biasing it. And so you have no idea if one tube, it's current is through the roof and red plating and melting while the other stuff is not, you just have no idea. I mean, yeah, it works maybe (laughs) (laughs) uh, for a while, but that's why it's like, they're probably raging hot. And like, that's where all these fans came from to cool them down and, Hmm. and, and all this stuff. And, it was kind of like the dark ages of it's like the dark ages of medicine, but the dark ages of tubes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's funny. Uh, well, that was the story that, that I heard too, you know, even on Eddie Van Halen stuff. So I remember Rudy Laren told me actually speaking of uh, early on, you heard those stories of him blowing up transformers and, and going through output transformers and output transformers and melting tubes, well, guess what? That's just because they were shoving unmatched tubes and amps that were like And then variacking over. it, right? Well, variacking it, but, I mean, like, you know, it, it was just all over the place with the tubes. So if one was melting down and they didn't pay attention, then it might have taken out a transformer, or if it arced in some weird way, it might have taken a transformer out. He said right. after they got Jose matched tubes up for them, and set the amps properly all the problems went away they never blew transformers anymore Hmm. that's good that's that's the that's the story (laughs) that's believable yeah totally
0: so uh curious rich if we can go back in time um tell us more about your career Uh, i was reading that you played with uh the psychedelic furs and Just curious, tell us more about, you know, way back uh, to your wee child. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, when you you got when you became a child and played played guitar and no, you know, Um, just curious. I
2: joined the I joined the Furs. My first band, uh, opened. We supported the Furs on a tour. We had an album out on Atlantic, band called Pale Divine, and we supported the tour the Furs on a tour in the U.S. And then I ended up joining them and. Then i ended up doing a couple of albums with the singer called with a new band called love spit love Mm -hmm. and yeah and i was living in new york and doing sessions and playing with all sorts of people and uh, and eventually got the call from guns and went out to audition and actually i was on a tour when I, I I was on a tour in Europe with Enrique, who I think we did like three nights at Royal Albert Hall, and then had two days off, so I flew back to LA to do the audition. And uh,
0: did you say Enrique, Enrique Iglesias? You were playing with.
2: This is back when he was, you know, he was huge at that time.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that was
1: you. You were in the Dead Daisies too somewhere. In yeah. I did the dead daisies. I did thin Lizzy for a while. Yes.
2: Um, but yeah, um, I did the daisies and thin Lizzy after I was already in guns just on downtime. Mm, right. But, uh, yeah, thin Lizzy was one of the, definitely one of the highlights of my career just cause I grew up on those guys. And right. to me, they were, uh, God, man, live and dangerous was really I I think my idea where I developed my ideals of guitar, what the perfect rock guitar tone was, you know, was from that record. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember telling Scott that and Scott was like, man, I hate to burst your bubble kid, but uh, we just had the amps we could afford. We couldn't afford the new Marshalls. We had the older ones. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Those are the good ones though.
2: (laughs) Right. But uh, yeah, they just couldn't afford them but uh cool. yeah so that, that,
1: that was that, go ahead sorry
2: no i was just gonna say playing guitar harmonies with scott gorham is pretty and
1: that was right after uh vivian campbell did it right yeah that's right because vivian did it i remember vivian coming in our shop and talking about playing with that he goes oh god it's just a labor of love here i'm i don't care about what you know I know just, I'm just playing because I love it. I don't care what I'm getting paid or nothing. He goes, yeah. I'm just doing it for fun.
2: Yep, me too. <laughs> you know, and I, um, and it sure was fun yeah. just to be able to play those songs, you know. Yeah, I, bet I imagine. It was it's great. so great. That's awesome. and uh and Scott's great, he's just such a great human being. I think I did uh the last tour with Brian Downey when he was still doing it and what a great drummer fantastic yeah yeah real swing you know a lot of that stuff is real like sort of big band when you listen to it and he's got that swing thing going on that it's uh you don't i don't know you don't hear it much in drummers nowadays so that was that was a really cool experience for me i can imagine that and especially to do it in europe where they're Gods, you know? they're huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Probably do I it probably. again in a minute too if you had time. I would. <laughs> I would.
2: Man, I'd still be doing it if I didn't have my my day job.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I, yeah, understandable. Uh, I remember you when you first would. got the guns thing. I remember when they were auditioning the other guitar player. I remember there was a point in time they actually auditioned John Sykes.
2: Yeah. That's right. I was, and there. I heard that was great. <laughs> he was. That was when uh, DJ came in. Yeah, I know. Um, so we did. We auditioned a bunch of people, and John Sykes was incredible. And mm-hmm. I remember Tommy Tommy Stinson came in, and we, we walked into rehearsals, and we see John there. Tommy turns around to the tour manager, he goes, "Man, send him home." I mean, why is, why are we doing this? Axel's not going to go for this. And he's like, it's John Sykes, man. Get, you know, he learned the songs. The least you could do is listen to him." So Tommy's like, all right, fine. So we go in the room and within two minutes, Tommy is looking over at me like, oh my God. I mean, he was just, it, it was, it was incredible. Incredible. I know. I wish I could have seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> and just plugged straight into the amp. Yeah. And just just killed it. His tone was incredible and uh, That's man, what, what I amazing.
1: heard. That's what I heard. I heard from I think some other people that were working for the band at the time, the techs, uh-huh. that he was just going, "Oh my god, he came in and just killed it." It's not going to happen. Yeah.
2: No. <laughs> yeah, our jaws were on the ground for sure. But you know John, John uh, John's reputation does precede him. Oh, right. Okay. I got you, but uh, but man, I, I personally got along great with him, and uh, I kept in contact with him. Actually, I kept in contact with him pretty regularly until I got the thin lizzy kick, and then he didn't call me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I thought I thought he was great. I thought he was great. Yeah, I, I,
1: I actually uh, I reworked one of his Jose Marshall's recently.
2: The yeah, uh, it was a pleasure. The eight hundred
1: no I reworked a older one that he had used on all the white snake stuff
2: was it a, a two input it
1: was a it was a 70 uh, it was a sorry it was a seven it was a big logo uh late 70s JMP okay yeah yeah hmm.
2: that that might have been what he brought down
1: it was a hundred watt it was a 100 watt that he used supposedly used on um earlier white snake stuff before okay. that like the 50 watt 800 ones that he had with like Finn and Lizzie and stuff. Right, okay. Yeah, he was having this problem no one seemed to fix it and of course I found it and fixed it. And right was, on. I'll be back. See, so you sounds better than it sounded in a million years.
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: So how um so how was it for
0: you to audition for Guns N' Roses? Tell us about that whole process. Uh well when I auditioned, Buckethead was in the band and
2: Robin Fink. And uh, speaking of JCM 2000s, um, Robin's a great player. I, I love playing with both those guys. I thought they were both phenomenal musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tommy had been a friend of mine for a while. I had originally gotten the call uh, to come out and audition and I was living in New York. They called me up and asked if I'd be interested in auditioning. Sure. And you know, I said, well, I'm going to be out there in a couple of weeks doing an album. Maybe we could do it at that time. And they said, oh, that's great. That's perfect. You know, We'll set it up. And we talked back and forth. They sent songs. And then I was going to do it when I got out there. And I wasn't hearing back from them the last few days. And I figured, well, I guess it's not gonna happen. So I flew out to LA and I get to the session. And Josh and Josh Freeze was the drummer at the time hmm. and Tommy Stinson um were on the session that I was doing, the album that I was doing. And I was like, Oh, that's so funny that you guys are here because I was supposed to come audition for you this this week. And they're like, oh, you're the guy from New York, right? Yeah, Axel found this guy Buckethead and called off all the auditions. So, uh, yeah, so I, I became best friends with Tommy that night <laughs> and, uh, next time they needed a guitar player, they called me again. And, uh, I, like I said, I flew in and auditioned and, uh, I, you know, I didn't sleep. I got off stage, had a car waiting, went straight to Heathrow, got on a plane, flew to LA, went straight to the audition, hung out all night talking to Axel and listening to music in his car and Um, went back to the airport, flew to Ireland to meet the tour. Wow.
0: And, uh, yeah. Funny
2: thing happened in, in the airport when I was at LAX and I, I, you know, I hadn't slept for two days and I'm sitting at the, at LAX and this kid comes up to me and goes, excuse me, are you who I think you are? And I'm like, no, no, probably not. (laughs) And he goes. you're not you're not Izzy Stradlin and nobody had ever said that to me in my life nobody and I felt like I was it it was this I felt like I was being punked you know like I'm looking (laughs) for cameras and uh I'm and I I thought no I'm not but I think I just took his gig but uh yeah it was it was a really strange
0: moment I can imagine but uh, that was my audition <laughs> That must have been wild hanging out with axel in his car listening to music
2: yeah 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 he was playing me uh, you know new songs and stuff that they were working on and yeah i'm glad uh i'm very thankful that he waited for me to finish the tour and uh so we could start rehearsals right
0: right right that's awesome so, so you've been, been
2: that, was, that was almost twenty years ago. Oh, yeah, like, that's, that's, that's twenty years, crazy. huh? Yeah, yeah. 2000 and yeah, two thousand one. Wow. End of two thousand and one was that audition.
1: God, time <sighs> flies. Yeah. Right. Yeah, time right. just goes away quick.
0: And I, I, I haven't seen you. Live uh, with the band, um, but do you take any solos, or is it mostly you're playing Izzy stuff? Or are you? Uh, uh no, no, we, uh, yeah, I do get to play solos. Slash has been very,
2: uh, very generous. <laughs> it's a lot of fun
0: playing with him. He's a lot of fun to play with.
1: Yeah, that cool. sounds great.
0: And he's very gracious. Yeah. So, are you playing mostly the uh, the Jose Martin Marshall for the for those gigs?
2: Um, I'm using the voodoo clone of that hmm. and then uh also a supro combo mm-hmm. gotcha and yeah Wasn't so
1: super gonna do an amp for you at some point or weren't they they were the they were got they got sold, oh, right yeah yeah and then that all fell through I imagine yeah yeah,
2: yeah. Hmm. and uh yeah so
1: now I'm looking for a amp manufacturer. Hmm. You know anybody, Dave? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I might know someone. That might kind of be fun to do. Too. You're familiar I mean, you're with Jose's, right? I, I I've been in a few. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, that would be awesome, man. That's I I told Mark um that I was I've been meaning to call you. Yeah. About that. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Not to be.
1: put you on the spot
2: right now. Well,
1: you know, the biggest problem that we're <laughs> no, having with live audience. The biggest problem we're having right now is there's so many, many sales going on. Like, I mean, like, music gear is on fire. It's so s- crazy, you know, with all this crap going on. Yep. It's so crazy. It, it's like it, it's like the, the, the company that builds it is like oh, great, we don't need another model right now to try to get out the door. <laughs> we're right. back-ordered on all the models we have, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, yeah. you know, like we did... You know, the, the fun thing is sometimes we're really... Su- uh, the last time we did something special for an artist, we did a limited edition uh, model for Jakey Lee. And, oh, and that was cool. w- crazy successful. Uh, you know, it was like a 200-piece model that's it it's over with and uh you you can't find them anywhere they sold out you just can't buy you can buy them for more money now <laughs> right, right but you know there people are asking more money for them but i wish you do that maybe a limited did, uh, run or something that's kind of fun yeah to do that. different like, like one color element. limited run like something cool looking did you, know? you do uh is that what you do with Phil X, or is that a no that that was an ongoing amp but you know here's what i've learned with a lot of times with artist amps or something it's is like you know you have a lot of initial sales and then it, it eventually tapers down so mm. it's just a, a natural thing with the artist' amps it just seems to eventually taper down unless it's like a twenty one amp and then it keeps going like the Cantrell was probably the most successful amp we've ever had uh, as far as an artist amp goes and the 20 watts have legs like they just keep going right right you know this day and age a lot of people want small amps and they just and the price is a bit more palatable too I mean it's what's well, more, more palatable too yeah. than a you know a $3,500 amp sure yeah yeah. Um, and the Cantrell is the HBE right no the Cantrell is a is a um, it's the JJ Cantrell amp. It's like a BE channel oh, with this okay. saturation, um, and a clean channel, and it's a it's a okay. variation of a original BE amp. Sure, because
2: I remember when he was using those.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Then it evolved to like specifics for him, and then okay, sounds godly. How's Jerry doing? I haven't spoken with him in a while. I'm assuming he's fine at his house in the hills here.
0: Yeah. His birthday's I'm, coming up, right? Huh? His birthday's coming up.
1: Yeah. You know, he has, he has these great, um, last year. Well, yeah. Yes. It is coming up again. When is it? It's usually after Nam. I remember
0: it was like, like sometime in February, March? March, February or March. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Normally he throws these great parties for his birthday every year and, and we, everyone goes to his house. And, you know, there's catered food and it's always an interesting hang because, you know, it's all the people he knows, but that's a, there's a big, you'd never quite know who you're going to see and who's talking to who, you know, like one time you're sitting, you know, I walk in the door and it's Steve Perry sitting at the table with Steve Jones next to him and they're talking and then there's this other guy who's this actor guy. He goes, you know what? It'd be a good idea. You know, you guys, you should be the new singer for the Sex Pistols.
0: And <laughs> <Steve laughs> I'm just Perry. watching this
1: going, Oh my God. <laughs> you know, Steve you know, Perry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve I, Perry. That makes perfect sense. And then and then, you know, I'm like, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, like another time, you know, you see like um you're there and you're hanging out, and all of a sudden on the couch is Brendan O'Brien, Billy Duffy and Wayne Kramer having wow. having having a little conversation, you know what I mean? And then, you know, just just all sorts of people, you know, Stephen Tyler has been there and all sorts of people would come and go. Hey, Nancy Wilson and so so every party has a different kind of vibe and feel to it and a different set of people. Some regulars mm. that are always there. And I uh, always have a good time at those parties.
0: Yeah, I'm he's sure. such a. Great last guy. year it
1: got canceled last year because of COVID, and I'm assuming this year it's canceled too. <laughs> yeah, maybe next year.
0: Maybe next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you Can know. we hope. We've got a uh, super chat from Mister Ruben Santiago. Thank you, James. <laughs> is that is that James? That's James. <laughs> it's got it's James, That's James Santiago. <laughs> okay. Only. Only James would ask that question. <laughs> what, I was going to say, I don't... <laughs> yeah, no, nobody has a favorite Kaler guitar. Uh,
1: yeah, James does. Well, actually, Jerry Cantrell. Jerry Cantrell does. His guitar is actually quite cool with it, believe it or not.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Cantrell uh, played a... He liked the Kaler. Um... So we had a
1: super chat again, Mark, from the guy that talked about the JCM 2000, and of course he like apologized. <laughs> um, is the JCM 2000 considered the worst Marshall? By no means is it the worst Marshall. No, actually it was pretty good. Uh, JCM 900s might go down in history. As Absolutely. Maybe the That's worst, my vote. The worst ones. Or there was a limited edition 30th anniversary amp that had multiple channels in MIDI, that was I just god that. god awful. No, that what, was worse than the, the 900s.
2: What about the V4 or something like that? Wasn't oh, the there solid a, state a mode 4? Oh, no,
1: Actually, you the know what the mode 4 wasn't it was a solid state amp. It wasn't as bad as some of the like the 900 maybe. <laughs> um and then man the 900 is like razor 900 gray. is it's just brutal. God. Oh, just bad. See, um, I had a um I had a DSL 50. The DSLs are cool. The DSLs are actually reasonably good uh, compared for a new Marshall. Instead of the TSLs, the, TSLs. The, the TSL though is not as good as the DSL. Great. That's more of the dog of the the SL range. The the TSL is eh, now nah. DSL. If you had to pick, if you had to pick the backline amp, the DSL. The DSL would exactly. probably. You can get it, you can make it behave where it's okay. If you don't put too much gain on it, back it up and get the volume up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it'll work. So, yeah. no, and no, you didn't offend me. I just, <laughs> I think, I think you're going to find a different, uh, if you're going to try some of my amps, you're going to find a different sort of thing. You want something fat with
0: high gain. No. Um, I, mean, I Oh, be- that's, that's an HBE. I was going to say. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, you're, yeah a B one hundred deluxe man would would yeah. kick ass because it's got everything under the sun in it now. At this point, way past what you have, Richard. Well, and, whatever. Uh, huh? Well, no, <laughs> I, I like mean, single here's channel is simple. That's fine. I like that. That's believe me, that's my favorite. But you know, yeah, man, for single for a, channel amps. If you're looking for a, um, that's why your amp would be fun to do. <laughs> right? Yo, <laughs> you do, do. Do you have any single channels? Phil X is a single channel. Okay, yeah, there you go. The um I mean it has a second master, but that's just a volume boost. Right. Um the dirty Shirley was a single channel. Yeah, that's a good amp. Yeah, that's a good one. And now we have the twin sister, which is just two of those. So it's two dirty Shirley's. Oh, okay. Two duplicate channels, like no not a lot of switches or anything, just two duplicate channels. So you can set one cleaner and one dirtier
2: i love phil phil's like one of my favorite guitar players
1: he's Phil's awesome. awesome
0: he is he's a badass yeah a great, great um, player so fun his where he gets that energy i have no freaking idea it's crazy yeah I you love know the funny thing him. is like
1: he he has that energy when he's really like kind of sometimes he's mellow if you're just hanging out with him yeah. yeah mellow you know and like but boy put him in front of a camera or something <laughs> <and he's, laughs> there
0: you
1: go <laughs> on stage and it's like the Energizer Bunny turned on. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah he's, he's not like that when you're hanging out
0: with him. Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, he's very relaxed. That's cool. Yeah. Right, he's chill. Uh, he's chill. Drew, Drew A asked, I know we're getting a lot of questions for Dave. Let's ask questions for Rich. Uh, Why, Dave's, Dave's more of a legend than me. <laughs> Dave is normal to run preamp volume low when I set it above one to two on my single rectifier sound becomes unusably wooly and compressed. Thanks. I've always had that problem problem with single rectifier.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a rectifier. So, um, yes. Lower is good for that. (laughs) At least under five. Um, yeah, it's going to get wooly. It's going to get, I mean, that's the rectifier thing, you know, Mm. You know, even like the rectifier was based off of Soldano, and even a Soldano amp, you want to keep the gain down at lower than six. I mean, that's just where the cut comes in and it just kind of cuts better. In general, you want to keep your gains lower, people. <laughs> it's just in general, like I get these questions all the time. It's like, well, I need, a you know, the lead boost in this and this is not enough gain and I need more gain and I'm like why are you no it's just gonna sound like a box of bees after a while you know it's, it's yep. if, if you want punchy clean ballsy headroom you know you just you want a kind of a cleaner and Richard, richard knows with all those amps he has it, it's it's like you know a lot of those records and things were about the volume that they had on those amps and and the sustain came from the volume. This is the problem. <laughs> Sometimes, you know. It's like, yeah, you you get the the pleasure of having no cabinets on stage now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And
2: well, no, we do have, I have one, Slash has one on his side.
1: Yeah, but it, does it just get swelled in or something or just pulled in or do you have it going yeah. on? Yeah.
2: Mine goes all the time. I've got like a combo, okay. you know, just so there's some interaction between the pickup and the. Yeah, so there's feedback right right well just there's
1: that natural
2: yeah thing that happens between a pickup and a speaker you know right
1: so if you have a cabinet and a speaker a pickup and a speaker there's some natural sustain that happens with with that interaction without it i understand but i mean my thought is try to learn to play with less gain i mean Uh, that's
2: that's not anything to do with why we don't have yeah at all yeah But, uh, yeah, I know definitely playing with, you know what? I was shocked when Angus young came and sat in with us a few times Mm -hmm. and his amps are not gainy at all. All that sustain is just volume and his fingers. Mm -hmm. It's, it's incredible. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's like like a a plexi not turned up all the way. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I,
2: I never crank my plexis. I mean, not all the way up.
1: I mean, that's the thing. So it's, it's just a matter of learning to play that way. You know, it's just like, it's like you, you saw those old, you know, Mark knows about these, uh, there were these old, uh, interviews, uh, with Eddie Van Halen with, uh, Steven Rosen. And, uh, and he was talking about, I think his new record at the time. I think it was Van Halen two or some, something, I think, if I recall. Yeah. And he was sitting there with either a clean amp or an, a, just electric guitar with nothing plugged in, and he was showing him the riffs and and stuff. Oh yeah, it's this new one. It goes like this, and this. and you would hear him do all his thing, his harmonics, his everything. Yeah, like when he's r- running the totally clean.
0: You know that kind of complete,
1: thing. The complete pick slides, runs everything, just totally clean. And every single thing sounded just like it did with the distortion. (laughs) Like there was no like clamming because it was clean or anything. It was just like flawless. Yeah. You don't need the gain. Yeah. Well, I mean, like if you, if you start recording records and things, you'll understand that, that that's your enemy. You you want those sounds cleaner and you start stacking guitars and stuff and And different Mm -hmm. you you want it clean and then it sounds huge yeah just like led zeppelin wasn't that dirty but it sounded huge you know yeah
0: yeah. um chris quinn thank you for the super chat dave could you talk about designing your drive pedals were you inspired by, by any other pedal designs do you have collaborators i love details thanks chris
1: uh the the only prerequisite is that it sort of sounded like my amp so uh no not necessarily other pedal designs although uh, there were a few that i liked out there um but they're the pedals aren't derivatives of those like i mean the um carl martin plex uh, plexi drive was mm-hmm. a cool pedal you know into a clean amp you could get a cool convincing marshall s sort of tone um I mean, there was a couple others. I, I don't know. I think uh, Mi Audio had a box called the Crunch Box, which was a cool, cool, cool box into uh, a, a clean amp. I mean, the idea with the pedals was to kind of just get the tone into a clean amp. You could plug it into your little solid state practice amp, and then get this, you know, badass cranked up, Marshall-y distortion sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do I have a collaborator? I have a circuit board engineer collaborator on the pedals that i work with um no one known no one you would know but he does the circuit board designs for the pedals and some some circuit ideas with my input so uh we came up with them together cool
0: uh super chicks thank you what's up guys richard saw gnr in dubai zurich bologna uh, Montreal, and Abu, Abu Dhabi. Dhabi. Wow, you get around.
1: Man, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> where are you going? This is crazy.
0: <laughs> wow. That is, wow. That's that's a lot of shows, man. I guess yeah, you're super, following the band around. Super Chicks likes to travel.
1: Yeah. Man, I remember travel. <laughs> yeah. Those were the days.
0: Abu Dhabi. That must have been a crazy show at Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, we've done uh, a
2: few times. Well, Dubai is, Dubai is right there. Abu yeah. Dhabi and Dubai are right next to each other. Right, exactly. Um, What's that like?
1: What's it like to play in Dubai or Abu Dhabi? Uh, or, big well, or is it just like any other show? You go from your dressing room to the stage and back? No, we, we
2: generally have done... Um, there's a, a racetrack. Mm -hmm. ferrari world is there oh yeah and so we generally do that big racetrack and it's uh it's an interesting city i mean dubai is really interesting it's uh there's not it's not like there's native dubaians that live there you know much you know there's only a few of those and then there's like just tons of people that are there for that are working you know it's it's an interesting city but you know when you when you go to dubai they they're very proud of every you know oh that's the fastest roller coaster and that's the tallest building and this is the widest highway and you know everything's got to be the i remember seeing a christmas tree in dubai that was the largest christmas or the most expensive christmas tree it had gold Rolexes hanging as decorations. <laughs> it, it's like, first of all, this is a Muslim country. <laughs> but second, who's going to hang Rolexes? Uh, it's just, it's that's, they sell, I remember they, at that same place, they were selling uh, gold bullion in a vending machine. Wow. It's just, it's so out there, man. It's, it's a very strange place.
0: Wow. wow. Very strange. Wow interesting that's cool but the shows are cool (laughs) yeah yeah. but i think we got we have another super chat from super chicks Uh thank you uh for that dave how would you now one for me (laughs) the 1x10 dirty shirley combo versus the 1x12 40 watt combo i want a jtm 45 tone in a combo version usually play through two 2203s with 4x12 scumbags loaded cab loud 6 to 10 volume maybe a TS9 thanks
1: well the, um the yeah the DS does the more JTM45s kind of fat tone um man the i got to i got to say I, I really like i mean i the 40 watt obviously is a great amp and and a, and a and the combo's really cool but there is something about the little one (laughs) the 110 it's a pretty badass little combo it's the tiny man and it sounds huge and you know man the the the, i I have one here in my shop or at least in my house that i use uh it you know if i'm working on a pedal or something or something uh, and i need an amp to plug into to test if it's working after i fixed it or Something I I just have a little combo here, but also like you know like for instance like that Saldano preamp back there I I had to change a transformer in it and fix it, and uh, I you know plug it into the effects loop return of this little 112 combo just for a power amp you know so I could listen to it, and man that stuff just sounds huge. Hmm. The little 110 just sounds huge. In fact, the latest idea I've had in my head was like. Man, what if you just do the this 110 combo, this the power amp return for just effects return. You know, just <laughs> like the wet. So you got your big amp, or your big cabinet and you take a line out and you feed some effects and then just go into this little 110. Hmm. Just a return of it. And it, what speaker are you putting in it? It's a greenback 10. Okay. It's a great speaker. Hmm. And it sounds huge. So, I don't know, do you need 20 watts? Do you need 40 watts? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's really your question. Um, but the little guy is super cool. That's
0: cool, and uh, they had a follow-up. Super chicks want to buy one, one, want to buy one a combo for loud home use with a or with a drummer. Maybe buy another extension cab. Loud can use for- the forty. Yeah, you
1: know, here's the thing. I don't know. It, it, it it's hard to say. You know, some people say the twenty one amps are you know, plenty loud for them to play with a drummer. I mean, that wouldn't work for me. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's like any, any drummer that I've ever played with over the years has been like way louder. I need a much louder amp. (laughs) Um, For the most part. Yeah. So yeah, maybe you should just get the 40 then 40 dirty surely, or even a twin sister. If you want two channels of it,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: A one twelve combo. It's great put a red back in it now. It sounds really killer.
0: Yeah. Um, and thanks for the super chats, by the way. Uh, here we've got a question for Richard. Richard, what tips do you have for learning songs? What's your process? An example of GNR would be great. And kind of add to that. I was curious what, like what was the hardest GNR song for you to learn? Uh,
2: um, you know, the, some of the Chinese democracy stuff is pretty complex. Hmm. And there's a lot going on, you know, tonally that I've got to cover. So just, you know, a lot of different effects, a lot of, you know, th- there's so much stuff in my rig that uh, Dave knows about that uh, is just for that stuff. You know, cause all the appetite stuff and most of the illusion stuff, I, don't, I just need an amp, you know, I don't need to, but all the effects that I have to carry are for replicating the all the chinese democracy stuff but as far as learning songs uh, you know it's you get in that that zone where you sit down and you're like okay i'm gonna learn one song and i'm gonna play through all the ones that i know and you know that's i just you sit down and and figure them out i mean just that's now it's so easy i mean when we were kids you know, you'd have to lift the needle up and put it back and, you know, and then, and you slow it down It's far, you know, that now the tools are just insane what you can do with now. There's uh, a lot of times I'll go to YouTube and look at videos to get, you know, that and a lot of times they're wrong, but, uh, but you know, it gets you to a starting point or, yeah. you know, it's always good to get you close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's good to see, you know, sometimes people will pick up on stuff that I didn't, you know, that. So it's yeah I mean there's so many tools out there now. God, it's it must be hard to be a kid learning guitar now cuz there's so much at your fingertips. You know, it it you've got to be really focused. I mean, do you remember I mean, when we were kids, it, you would get like a a record or a a an instructional book like, you know, and you learn, or remember the hot licks tapes yeah, and all Star that. Licks, you know, right. yeah, yeah. starlicks That yeah. that was it. So then, you know, you 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 lived that for until you've yeah let
1: it, completed let it up with Starlakes. So you're learning yeah. like, heartbreaker yeah. solos or something, and
2: yeah, I mean, now it's it's just anything that you want is all available, on, you know, at your fingertips. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's hard for me to. Focus on like I'm constantly like oh man I want to learn how to do this I want to yeah it's it's an incredible asset the, the being able to sit down in front of YouTube and just go down those wormholes but yeah but yeah for me learning songs I mean it's just it's a matter of doing it over and over because you don't want to if I'm going out to do a live gig like with with Guns or with Thin Lizzy or whatever I'm not going to sit down and chart it out because then I rely on that, you know, I can't do that. It, it's for me, when I'm going in this to do a record in the studio, I'll chart stuff out because I can sit there and read it. Um, but live, if I start, if I chart it out first, I'll rely on it. Like I, there's two different sides of my brain, I guess. I just can't do that. I have to sit and memorize it right mm-hmm. from, mm-hmm. but really the thing about for me, learning a song is mainly listening to it over and over,
1: you know? And yeah, knowing it inside and out and backwards. Yeah. Cause if yeah. you
2: know it in your head, you know, then, you know,
0: the rest is, is easy. Right. right, right. Now, were you guys doing a lot of Chinese democracy song, democracy songs live part of the state. um,
2: You know, they change all the time, mm. you know, but we've got them um, like since slash has been back, um, We've played uh, probably seven or eight songs off that album. You know, we don't do them all in one night, but right, right, right. But you know, at, we don't really have set lists. Axel calls stuff out a lot of the time, so you know he'll call something and be ready. ready. Yeah, yeah, better know it.
0: <laughs> yep, we
2: do a lot of rehearsing. <laughs> we do a That's lot cool. of rehearsing,
0: and in the rehearsal, love- is Axel there with you guys, or is it just? You guys
2: not always Um, Most of the time no most of the time It's just us like going over the song So Slash just loves to play You know which Mm -hmm. I'm totally cool with Because it's great to Rehearse so much that you don't have to And this is I think where he's Coming from is he doesn't want to have to Think when he gets on stage And I totally concur With that I don't want to I want it to be ingrained so I Don't have to think about oh what's coming Up next you know
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it just comes naturally sense, yeah. yeah you
2: just want it to flow not you know you want to be in the moment and not thinking about what's going to be coming up
0: right so with this downtime that you've been at home and stuff thankfully you know spending time with family and kids have you been working on solo stuff or stuff with or guns or has it been it's solo so nobody wants to do solo space. stuff no I've been working <laughs> on uh,
2: I've I've been doing sessions for different people. So different artists will uh, contact me. Um, I've been doing some production stuff. I've been working, uh, you know, I, I, we just put out, just released a new Psychedelic Furs album that I produced. Wow. Um, and so I was busy with that. I've been busy doing stuff with the singer from that band doing another project. Um, it's mainly uh, orchestrating, so I've been doing a lot of string arrangements lately, um, and that's like just something that I I get hired to do a lot, and I love doing it. But um, but yeah, just doing guitar sessions. You know, people sending me records or uh, t- you know TV commercials or uh, video game scores or it's been really busy. I've been really fortunate um, right. that I've been working every day. You know, and just like. Get up and have breakfast with the kids, and then come down and go to work.
0: Awesome, that's great. Yeah. Now are you? Yeah, it's been really great. Are you trained musically in the in the sense like classically trained or you know like? Yeah, I grew up. I
2: grew up playing violin and cello, and all throughout school, and so uh, that still serves me well. I still play, you know, when I'm doing stuff like that. But I'm doing mostly scoring on the computer working with um, different libraries and things mm-hmm. uh, orchestrating that way yeah. Right, right and you
0: use the op- which
2: very time consuming because you know every every instrument has for every section you're going to have 40 50 different articulations so <laughs> it's yeah. it's time consuming but it's fun i enjoy it that's great. Yeah, it's you know what's been great about this you know what's been great about being home and being back in the studio all the time is that i've amassed this in all these amps you know this collection of guitars and amps and now you know i've been buying them for the last 20 years that i've been on the road and so now i get to come home and, like i'm discovering stuff like all this you know all these different amps and pedals and really digging into that and you know, experimenting more with mic tech, you know, miking and, um, it, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. been great.
0: That sounds cool. <laughs> so what kind of, what kind of pedals have you been playing with? Just out of curiosity.
2: Um, man, you know, George trips just sent me this, uh,
1: Astrides at treaties. Uh, yeah. Treaties the, yeah. the micro synthy sort of thing.
2: So cool. It's a yeah, lot of fun. So cool. And then uh, this R2R electronics, they do this treble booster.
3: Oh, yeah. It's
2: uh-huh. Man, it's dead on. It that sounds into array. the lane. Man, it, that into – a a, I have an AC-15. Yeah. Sounds incredible. I've got a 212 AC-15, a 64. Cool. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, talk about tube rectified. Do you like the AC-15s, Dave? Love AC-15s. Yeah.
1: Yeah, AC 30. Yeah. Here, here, here the desert island amps for me and I've told Wait, people, let me get my pen.
0: Yeah, I was, that's why we're moving well, in. It's this like that hard. Me, yeah, it's <laughs> that hard. Here,
1: here's the thing if if you are gonna be recording a bunch and you have a studio and you want some desert island amps that will get you pretty much everything. So you need some sort of blackface flavor, be it a Fender something like uh, I mean, like I I I would tend to a lot of heads, so I like a basement or something, mm. you know, Fender blackface basement head.
2: I've got a brown face basement head. face
1: basement that'd be cool, uh, you know, useful for the basic Fender tone. I, I, I like yeah. to basically, you know, not like all the esoteric amps that you can get, but like the basics. So you have that. For me, an old Marshall, a Plexi Marshall, ideally a Plexi Marshall, but at least an old Marshall, early 70s, no circuit board, you know, like 100 watt, 50 watt, something in that vein. You got to have that. And then uh, a Vox AC30, uh, preferably old uh, copper top, preferably with a top boost circuit gotta have that that's just like so you got your clean you got your semi-broken stuff you got your more classic rock uh, anywhere from acdc to crunchier van halen kind of s things and then you i'm going to do five amps then you have your um one flavor of higher gain amp because you're going to probably need something to do that. So one flavor of higher gain amp, be it a Friedman or Soldano or something. Mm-hmm. And then um, maybe an alternate in there. Like, say, uh, uh, it depends on what you're more into. Say, maybe a Watt, or maybe a Selmer or maybe a S- Silvertone or a Supro or mm. some alternate flavor in there. And pretty much with about 5 amps. You can do anything you need to do. Now there's a lot of other amps out there, obviously. But if you really think about that, you can do everything you need to do with those five amps I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, covers pretty much all bases.
2: Man, I wish I could. I wish I could subscribe to that. <laughs> <'Cause> then I <laughs> well, could sell I mean, everything know, there's, else.
1: There's, there's a lot of different <laughs> colors in there, you know, and and there is, but.
0: But you're a big tweed guy, Rich, so you know
2: No, I am an everything guy, man. I mean, there, I, there's love, a ma- lot of different I love magnetones.
0: There,
2: I, I'd be I, okay I, with that. I use magnetones more uh, like uh, th- that's a Magnetons that's cool. one of mine. That's one of mine that I well, you know, I have a 112 magnetone. Uh you know, these are all vintage magnetones. Um you know that I use all the time. Yeah. It sounds great cranked up. True. I've got an
1: yeah, i I mean there's th- yes, you can go on forever with that, and I understand that yeah, yeah. of course you can go, but like on a daily basis no you're what right. You need to do you're and right. work constantly, probably what I said would cover all your bases would be just fine. So, right. now, of course there's a great magnetone or a great Laney or a great Gibson, Gibson or Gibson a great. Creed's. You know the Gibsons are cool, but (laughs) if you're looking to buy five amps and that's all you're going to have, yeah, here's those are the Desert Island five amps to me. Yeah, Um, and like I said, the fifth one slot is a little optional there, so it depends on how your how what your slant is on that fifth slot, you know. Be it, you know, I love silver tones. I do too. Uh, What's your cool. favorite silver tone? Um, just, you, you know, gold? your typical, yeah, your typical, uh, you know, here's the thing. I like, I like just the heads, you know, I don't really care. Yeah. The yeah, cabinets, yeah, yeah. I don't care about, I can use, to be honest, I could use one or two cabinets and be done with it with all the, right. amps, mm-hmm. you know, like a great four by 12 with green backs or something would be fine or Maybe an alternate cabinet for some other tones. You know, that's fine. Right. You can v- run the Vox through it. I don't care. It's fine. Yep. Uh, yeah. So you you know, you know, in a, in a studio, if you have a small studio, five five amps in an amp switcher into one cabinet, mic'd up perfectly, that that'll be fine. <laughs> or put two different speakers in the cabinet so you can mic up two different kinds of speakers and you know uh, if you want uh, a blue as part of it put a blue in one slot or something you know or or a cream back yeah. or something god my life would be
2: so much easier
1: <laughs> yeah and you know well you know but, but, but there's it's so, so much i mean and i can think about it magnetones are killer with the trem and stuff and oh god the trim oh man the stereo. you know and then and then and then you get then you stereo have the, vibrato oh nice yeah the brown bandmasters with the that crazy vibey tremolo in them. Yep. Oh God, those are the bandmaster head. You mean? Yeah. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, one but they that have that crazy tremolo. Yeah, you know, yeah that yeah. that almost sounds like a univibe. Right. Right. Yeah, it's like a, a highly modulated tremolo that they did only in some of those. I've only got to work on one of those ever, and I really want to own one. Is that the
0: same as the trem that? Um... Sure. That's
1: you know, basically the amp Eddie Van Halen had, the bandmaster that, that he used early on in his life.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Brown, a
1: brown face, face bandmaster yeah. presence knob. Right there. there Is there that go. presence knob on it? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 That's the bandmaster.
1: Yeah. And it has <laughs> that crazy modulated sort of tremolo. The tremolo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. That's cool.
0: Uh, here's a question for you, Dave Eric Bernstein. Thank you for the super chat. Is there a good amp that uses the 900 SLX style preamp? I like its shimmer gain, but still seems lackluster. The two gain controls just have a good interaction.
1: No, I just don't know. Of anything. that that also was not good. 900's not good. Uh, I mean, you know, if there's something that you like about it, I'm not going to say that it's not good. Okay, let me rephrase that. Um, if you think something is great and you can get a coax a sound out of it that's cool, then it's great. I've learned over the years doing rigs for people that my my opinion it it doesn't really matter, it depends on the individual player. Because I've seen some people use some crazy ass shit that you would think sounds awful but when they play it with their hands and you listen to it it's amazing sounding and you're literally looking at it afterwards going how did he get that sound out of it and now if you played through it it might sound awful but it works for him so for me to say something is just crap well it might work for you i i don't want to i don't want to just Say that you know. Mm. Have you run into that, Richard? Like where someone uses crazy stuff. That some of my favorite guitar players actually played JC120s,
2: made them sound great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like you know, like even like the Cure stuff and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. uh, It was great, and 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 I've seen Ty Tabor from King's X using the Lab Series amp with with the Fender Elite preamp in the guitar, and and man, that's a sound to die for. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, only he got can. his tone, get it, you know, and um, I've run into other people over the years too. I, I keep, I keep going down this. There was this one band that I did some work on this guy's rack and it was probably back in the nineties at some point in time. So they were a signed band and the band was called a thousand Mona Lisa's. And uh, I don't remember what label they were signed to at the time. But it was it was a primarily a punk band, well punk ish band. Uh not really punk per se. But man, he brought me this rig and it was you know the strangest combination of things. It was like a Mesa Boogie tri axis preamp and a 290 power amp with a ART smart EQ in between them. But then he had a pedal drawer that had, like, three different, like, pedals, like, overdrives and stuff that went into a silver-faced twin with JBLs. Oh, man. And it, it would run together. And the pedals would only go into the, the, the silver-faced twin. And and I'm, like, looking at I had to fix some hums and buzzes and some different things in it that he had going on. Didn't have enough money at the time to do a whole redo but we 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 fixed it up so it would work and i'm looking at this going oh god you'll play through it and you're like wow this sounds pretty good the combination of the like all of it together like this sounds really good Mm. i get Mm. it this sounds great (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's like this combination of these pedals into this trashy amp with a Silver face tone with the master volume. Yeah, is was particularly great. With the JBLs and just searing, crunchy weirdness here. And then you have this tri-axis, which I'm not a fan of anyway, here. And the blend of the two just sounded fantastic. Hmm. So that was one of the rigs I remember that just proved me like going, anything can work depending on the player. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes the weirdest combinations make the greatest tones. Yeah. So, no, that's true. So I, I, I never dismiss anything anymore. You know, and and, and and it's happened over the years a million times. It's like, well, I want to run this delay pedal first. Do to run the delay pedal first? Yeah. And I want to run my nice. wah last. Okay. That was rage against the machine. Whoa. <laughs> Bass player, so and it worked great. <laughs> sound he was used to hearing, and that was great, right? So if, you know,
0: if it makes good music, that's
1: all that matters. No, I'm I'm definitely not the guy that's going to say that. Oh, that's wrong. You can't use that like that. No, mm. I, I don't care if you want to put it through. I don't know. You're your phone machine. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just thinking of something, but if you want to put it through an old George Lynch told me a million years ago that he told one of the records that they did with doc and back in the eighties, he used uh, a four track Porta studio and he plugged into it and he plugged that Porta studio, the out of it into the front of the Marshall. The (laughs) studio was acted like a booster and a gain, but it had this certain sound. And um, that he accidentally discovered, you know, and um, and they, they when they were recording the record, they were hiding the Porta Studio under the console in in, in the uh, in the control room, so no one would see what it was. <laughs> and it was basically some sort of little tiny, stupid, you know, cassette Porta Studio that it was just in and out, you know, acting like gain, you know, and just cranking it into the amp. Wow. Anything works. Right. Did, did you create an interesting sound? I think any more. I mean, like, I think people had to do that back in the days when there weren't a bunch of amps out that yeah. had a lot of options for you. You know, you had your, your old JMP Marshalls and, you know, non-master volumes and different things. And it's like, well, I want to get it heavier and more gain. Okay. How do you do that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, with for it, all kinds of shit, a mod or something. And in some respects even though we've advanced i think some uh, some uniqueness of tone has been lost over the years you know that and that's all those great players that you loved had a unique tone you know like those guitar hero guys had a had a sound that no one ever heard before oh. or since
0: yep because <laughs> the options were limited and they had a
1: yeah, I think outside of the box, and they made a sound out of what they had.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. we got a question here for Rich. Three Wise Monkeys, a little late to the show. Can Richard talk about his Scala guitars if he hasn't already? Cheers from Sydney, Australia. Those are I cool. have
2: not spoken about the Scalas, but I'm wearing a Scala T-shirt. So. Oh,
3: <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: yeah, man, he is the best
1: luthier i've ever come across yeah leo's great have you ever
2: played one of his guitars
1: absolutely he i know leo and he his guitars are amazing
2: oh of course you do what am i thinking yeah because he's he's got your amps and he's got one yeah. of your amps in shop he does amazing work and i just i've his guitars are the only new guitars that you pick up and they feel like old guitars yeah. You know, they've got mojo, you know. It's he but you know, that's Leo is one guy in a shop making guitars. Yeah, he's and, got the vibe and the look. Oh, man the looks are yeah, his aesthetic his aesthetic sensibility is second to none. And uh he is a mad scientist, which I love. I love that he will sit and go back and forth on pickups with me, you know, until we find the right combination and he's so uh he's as, as passionate about it as i am which is awesome yeah yeah i love working with him he's uh fun. he's and now he's winding his own pickups
1: oh boy yeah
2: he's he bought a I finally got pissed off it.
1: with everyone he, he, yeah exactly
2: <laughs> well not yeah because uh, and i think probably like Rob from arcane probably got fed up with him because you know, he'd keep coming back and go, well, what if we try this? And I was like, man, come on, let's do what yeah. we know works, you know, but, but he's always trying to, you yeah. know, chase the perfect. Right. Yeah. I love, I love his stuff. He's uh he's fantastic. Actually, I just gave him one of my signature grutches to, um, to, Distress.
1: <laughs>
2: so he's gonna stri- he's gonna strip it and refinish it and do his thing to it. Oh
1: man, I bet that's gonna be beautiful. Yeah, I'm
2: psyched yeah. about it.
1: So I'm let's talk about, about your signature brush.
2: Yeah, um, uh, I, there's two of them. There's I actually have one right here. Um, it's a falcon uh, with. The, I've got a white one and a black one. The black one. Black one is a 24 and 24.6 scale. The white one is the traditional 25.5 Gretsch scale. Um, The white one has a Bigsby. Um, They're both double cut, uh, all tortoise binding. Um, The pickups are completely unique. They're not, they look like filter trons, but they're, it's really a combination of it's more like a cross between a PAF and a filter tron. Cool. And, uh, we spent a lot of time working on the, the pickups to get the pickups, right. And I'm thrilled with them. It's a center block. Um, electronics are unique for Gretsch. They're, uh, it's an audio tape pot, Yeah. but, uh, we were talking about that before, but, um, it's also there's a trouble boot circuit that i've been using in gretches for quite a while now and it works really well for me because i'm a you know as you know i'm a single channel amp guy so it's all about the volume knob for me
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: and being able to turn it down and get those chimey gretch like sounds is really important you know it cleans up and sparkles up nice
1: that looks amazing i have this thing for hollow bodies i want one now yeah When's, yeah, when's it coming it's, out. You said it's coming out later in the year. Yeah, later this year, and it's
2: uh the full Gretsch size, so it's the you know the big yeah, exactly. uh, body. Anyway. They're gonna have a lefty. <laughs> yeah, but it will have a linear taper. Pop. Yeah, I was gonna say it was linear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but will they make yeah. it lefty Do you think?
2: I I don't know. Um that's a good question, but it's a double cut. So I would, would imagine it wouldn't be that hard to make it. Couldn't. Yeah. It's, it's
3: yeah,
1: terrible. you know what I never really until we were talking earlier about the pots, I never really really were thinking about the pots and the left-handed thing. Yeah,
0: like but you just you know. just solder it on a regular pot, you just solder it
1: differently for a oh, left. The papers different. Yeah, you solder the the in and out are reversed, right? So it operates in the opposite direction, right? right? Because the way you would be lefty rolled off would be all the way up on a, a regular guitar. Exactly. So the taper of the pot is completely different. Theoretically, right. what you want is a reverse audio taper pot for for a um, for a lefty, right? Do they even make those? Yeah. Well. Not in every value, but yeah, 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 they do, and and that's that that's the thing. You'd want a reverse audio taper pot because it's the actual reverse of it, right? Because you know, taper this is not the same. It's like comes on and no. off differently, and I just never ever even dawned on me to think about that <laughs> until today. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So, so,
0: so what you're saying is, even if I use a regular taper pot, uh, and it's soldered the other way for a left-handed roll-off, the, the actual taper is different? Uh, yeah, well, it's the opposite. Exactly. So, so, yeah. the opposite. The opposite, so but... what
1: happens is all the way up is for, for you all the way up. Well, let me think about this for a second. It's hard to think about. I mean, it, it rolls uh, back clean like, like a normal... Probably really quickly. Yes. Very, very quickly. Right. You, you don't get like on a right handed guitar, it, it takes a while for it to roll roll back. Yeah. I mean, if you use a treble bleed, then that all changes the taper anyway. But, um, right, right. But yeah, but, a
2: regular audio taper pot goes and then goes up right yeah. at the end.
1: Yeah. So you have a lot more usable room. So a reverse audio taper pot for a lefty would be the ideal thing.
0: Interesting.
1: So we're going to have to find you one, Mark. And you have to try it. And it's gonna <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to try it. It's going to be like this revelation. Yeah, can you imagine? Because
0: every pot that I have in my guitar is just, you know, yeah, wired. Yeah, yeah. Wired. So they, all, they all suck.
1: Yeah, interesting. <laughs>
0: wow. Added, that's a that's a revelation.
1: I mean, linear is just sort of right. The reason they choose linear is it's just sort of right in the middle. It's right. it's it's like even taper, meaning that right from either direction,
2: because it's yeah, just a perfect
1: triangle, it's right? A perfect triangle. Half is half. So, mm. um. Which I mean it works, but it's a little weird in the taper if you're used to a regular audio taper pot.
2: hmm
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna have to, that's like my reverb search as soon as we get off this call. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: you, might need that one. <laughs> you might not be able to find the right ones either in uh, some things.
2: Yeah, well. yeah, you're
1: you're probably better off just sending Dave a bottle
0: of something. <laughs>
3: exactly. <laughs> I I'd love <laughs>
0: I've got that circled right here. Dave Bottle. So, Dave Bottle. Yeah, super. Another super chat from Super Chicks. Thanks so much. Davis posted a question for Dave. He's 15 and can't afford a Freedman yet. What is the best amp for under $500? Let's assume he plays hard rock. Best amp for $500. Oh,
1: geez. Oh, under $500. Uh, Oh. You know,
0: Hmm. I was going to say like a katana, boss katana.
1: Katana might not be good. Bad. I mean, you know what? There, there's some, and I don't know the model numbers. That's killing me. Uh, you know, there's some older like Marshall Solid State practice amps that were really cool. Actually, that sounded good. Mm. Um, how much are the Yamaha amps? The little THR amps? I don't even know. Oh, you can get you can get those from. They're pretty cool sounding. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple little Blackstar amps that are little tiny ones that sound okay. Um I this is going to dawn on me in a minute here what would be the best choice. Uh You could buy any clean old amp and buy one of my pedals. That's true. Too. And that'll get you I mean like literally like a clean solid state Fender Champ whatever for $89 and one of my pedals will sound pretty cool. And that You can play hard rock with that. Or if you already have maybe some sort of clean amp or practice amp or something you're using, you you know, you could probably get a really, really pretty good tone out of it. Cool. I have one of those little
2: black stars that I use backstage. Yeah, there's that little them.
1: one that sounds okay.
2: Yeah. It's two. yeah mm-hmm. uh, I think
1: there's a shootout somewhere uh, that Pete Thorne and someone else did um, when he was when he was somewhere at, at some, I don't know, remember what show he was at, but somewhere where they did this little cheap practice amp shootout thing, like they were in a room at uh, Tolman, I think, and they they were just like looking at all the cheap practice amps and they did a little playthrough of some of them, hmm. uh, and some that, of them sounded definitely better than others. Was that GitCon? Yeah. One of those mm-hmm. GitCons? One of the GitCons, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, Chris London P- GNR show was the bomb. Cornell tribute. Oh, it was after uh, Chris passed. Mm. Um. Yeah, we did uh, Black Hole Sun. Oh, nice, nice.
0: That's cool. Uh, can't believe it's what is it? Now? Two years he's gone or something? That's crazy.
1: That's two thousand. No,
0: that was long. if
2: that was two thousand seventeen. That's three years. Wow. Or four
1: years. Yeah, Jesus.
0: Sorry, four years. Yeah. yeah.
1: I flying, man. This last year has just gone like whiz by. Isn't it strange? It's just like, it's like eventually maybe there'll be some normalcy.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I really do. Um, at least by the end of the year, I want to go on vacation. I want to go somewhere.
1: I mean, to be honest, I- I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like getting pretty comfortable at home. <laughs> it's, not really, it's not really bothering me too much. I, I wonder know. about that. I wonder about how
2: it's going to be when things open up again, if people are going to go out the way they used to. Are people going to go to shows the way they used to? I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are, are really jonesing for it, you know, that are hungry to get out and socialize again. Me.
1: I mean, I'm... I'm luckily literally literally right before california shut down i went to see two shows within a week of each other uh because my friends that are playing uh sponge were out here doing a tour and i just uh, played on the new sponge record oh did you yeah 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 i mean those guys are my my buds and um they came out here. They were, you know, just doing their normal, you know, tour that they come through, you know, all the cities in California, and and uh, this was literally when it was just starting to get a little weird, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a weird time, but stuff wasn't closed yet. You know, at that point in time, you're we like, oh, it doesn't seem that weird. It seems pretty much everyday business around here, you know. And uh, they played at the Whiskey, and I went down there loaned them some amps because they were obviously it's fly date stuff so you know they were happy to get some good amps and um they took them around you know down to san diego and all over uh and you know the weird thing was when you're at the whiskey show last time i saw them at the whiskey it was packed Mm -hmm. Uh, this time i saw them at the whiskey there was like 50 people Oh, and, and well, what had to do with the COVID things start going mm. on at the time. You know, this was just when it was getting weird and people were starting like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't go out. And, you know, oh. and uh so I saw that show, you know, we had drinks next door for a while before, you know, I went down at soundcheck and then we had some drinks at the Irish pub next door. And, uh and then they did a few dates and then they came back to the area and then they were playing in Santa Clarita up at the, pearl or whatever not the pearl or what. whatever the other um there's a club up there now and uh so i went to see them again up there great shows killer band you know live they just kill i mean they just like loud mm-hmm. guitars feedback real rock and roll you know just just the right stuff you know like fun to watch because you know any any time when you a band that has some stage volume plays a rock and roll show and you know there's feedback and, and like the whole the whole thing it it presents this energy yep that a lot of things today miss and they do it really well. So yeah. and 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 Vinny's an amazing front man. So Yeah he's great. He's also he, a good he, drummer. He has this charismatic thing um to him. And when he walks on stage, you just look at him and he hasn't said a word. And you're like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's that thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that 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 thing. He doesn't have to say a word. <laughs> he just has that look. And um, luckily I saw those two shows and uh, within you know, within the week of each other. And and then That's I had cool. a dinner scheduled um with a friend of mine at uh bestia in downtown la here which is an amazing restaurant and then at that point in time it's getting a little crazier like should we even go to this restaurant so we went we did it you know just like it was amazing because it didn't seem like anyone cared there it was packed and uh and then everything shut right after that
2: i think we played the last stadium show in the world Mm. you probably did you guys were out on tour Yeah, we played well we played mexico city and that was it i mean everything else had canceled everything else we were supposed to do a south american tour and everything else had had, was shut down but mexico city was like no we want to do it (laughs) they were (laughs) like god there's no covid here
1: yeah i remember i uh i was uh i think i Shortly before you guys went out on that run, I was at rehearsals with you yeah. over it. Yeah. Um, and um all the techs were like, Man, I hope they don't cancel this. I need this money and this and this. yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like a couple of weeks later it was all canceled. Yeah. All canceled. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we I heard... flew I flew home from Mexico City.
2: That, that was it. We played the one show and that was it. Yeah. And we were that. we were trying to get them to Pull it, but we were contracted to do it, and we figured we'd walk out to a stadium full of masked Mexicans. No. But uh no, not one mask.
1: Actually, in in, in Mexico, it, it didn't really. It
2: didn't no, Mexico really hit City. Did, Mexico, City get, Mexico City did get hit hard. They Eventually, just weren't. Yeah. They weren't testing anybody, so yeah. they you know.
1: Yeah, it's like whatever.
0: Yeah. Ugh, God. Well, yeah. I know for, for me, I will. I will. Once I get my vaccine, I'll wear a mask. I'll go to a concert. Yeah. Yeah. I'll wear a mask. We're still
2: holding out, hoping that this summer happens in Europe, but
1: yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sort of thinking that it's nothing's going to happen this summer and it's going to happen in fall of 2021, you know, third quarter. Mm. Um, Yeah well, third, fourth quarter, maybe. Fourth quarter. Yeah, we're... I uh, mean, you just got to get everyone... Here's the thing. It's like everyone has to get vaccinated and, you know... Or, well, at least the people that'll take it, but um, has to get vaccinated and, you know, we have to get this virus knocked down. You got to see the cases drop after the vaccinations where where it's minimal. You know, it's... You know, your numbers are low and, you know... Right, the positivity. And yeah, you're gonna still wear masks for a while, probably. But fine, I'll go to the show with masks. I don't give a shit anymore. Neither do I. I'm yeah. so used to it now; it doesn't make any difference. I don't give a fuck. Oh, you wow. get a cool mask, so what?
0: I just want to go out. That's. I'm at this point. I just want to go out. So, at least for me, yeah. Um, they just
1: open California restaurants again,
0: or at least outdoor, yeah. Yeah. outdoor dining. Ted Fur has a question for me. Hey, Mark. Anyway, I can pick your brain on how you set up your wet, dry, wet. Yeah, man, anytime. Um, email me at talkmark at gmail.com.
1: And uh, hey.
0: I'm happy to help. Or you can email Dave because he's the one. Dave's
1: that- done a few wet, dry, wet I've rigs. done a few. And in, Eddie Van Halen to, just won. So.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's who I'm stealing it
0: from. So, yeah, so. Uh, Mark and I would both want a lefty scala. You know, I've not played one, but I'd I try. Oh, scala guitarist, dude, you need one. Wow, okay. Someday
2: uh, those will be uh, incredibly expensive,
0: I'm sure. Hmm. He's he's second to none, really. Um, got a question from Robert Jackson. Thanks for the super chat. Hey, Rich, I'm learning amp design from a good friend, o- Obed, Obed? Obed. 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 Talk about your park Amp. Best one I've ever heard, and it sounds good at any volume. Obed, Okay.
2: Okay, Obed is my uh, my neighbor and um, happens to be a phenomenal amp guy. He designed all the new Magnetone stuff, Dave. Okay.
3: Um,
2: he did all the – when Ampeg was bought by St. Louis Music, he did all designed all their guitar amps when they reissued okay. all the um, – really talented guy, to- great Marshall guy. Uh, the, I think – I'm not sure which park you're talking about because I have I have a Park Rockhead, I have a, you know the Rockhead Dave, yeah, that's a weird one. That's a that's that's yeah. an odd circuit. It's it was the precursor to the JCM 800.
1: Well, yeah, but it sort of yes, but the circuit's very very different. It's not what the 800 became. And, well, they you know, we, they ended we, up stripping it down that down. and we brought that up. Oh, you started to say something and I was going to say something but I didn't at the time. Um JC-Mate 100. Okay. So, so here's the thing. It seems like everyone has this JC-Mate 100s are revered these days, you know, like as like these holy grail amps. They were and hated. I I have to I have to say that during the time when I was growing up, that was the the dog. I mean, that was just not people thought eight hundreds kind of sucked. And you know, the JMPs before them were a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the older four input ones. Four input the 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 ones, you know, the the marshals. That's what a marshall sounds like. And like this thing about an eight hundred has become this revered thing. But it was weird. It was like I remember distinctly, like in the late eighties, early nineties. This is like the eight hundred was not the revered thing. It was kind of like yep. oh, it's the newer amp. It kind of sounds like, yeah, sounds a little anemic and sounds a little weird and sounds a little, you know, it wasn't like the old ones. And so that was the, at that point, an era of a time was the the consensus of that amp, which which I find it kind of funny. Be, uh, that it became such this revered thing and those were kind of the shit amps at the time. Yep.
2: <laughs> but I it, so he was asking about a park, but I think he, I know he he was talking about this uh, it's basically like a JTM 45 with white coffin knobs the mm-hmm. 66. And that's that's my favorite plexi that I own. That, mm, yeah, I mean it's just man it's just incredible. That. I, I use that with a basement a lot of times and the combination of those two, a 59 basement. And even though they're very similar circuits, I know they're still very different. They're basically,
1: yeah, they're basically the same, but they're you know, uh, different but, speakers.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, man, that I love that amp. It's an amazing amp. And then also the Park 150 I love that That I was talking about. Yeah. It, it's just, it's a beast though.
1: But I just like what the park look you like what I oh, like how how look. Look. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 you notice you notice where that my low th- my whole thing came from the park hmm
3: logo to the left that. square yeah, yeah.
1: block logo mm-hmm. yep that all came from my love of parks yep <laughs> that's cool you need coffin knobs i know mitch colby <laughs> had, mitch colby had him remade there, there was a couple amps I made custom for people that I got. I bought from Mitch. I bought the coffin. I bought the parts. Oh, did you? From. Yeah, yeah. Man, I haven't expensive. played Mitch's. I haven't played Mitch's parks. Oh, they're good. I've they're heard. Good. I've heard they're, they're great. Yeah, I mean they're a beautiful hand wired amp. It's it's amazing amp. But it's yeah, I'm it's sure awesome. it is. Um, but he had the coffin knobs remade, and they're expensive. that's great. They're expensive, but I mean. uh, He's like, are you sure you want to buy these? They're expensive. I'm like, I don't care. The person wants them really bad, so I, let's. I'm going to put them on. I don't care what do they cost. You know, I don't. I don't remember what they were. Five dollars a piece or something. They do look really cool. I know. They look super cool. cool. I, yeah. always, I always had when Mitch um, got the park name um, when it when Marshall let it languish and took the trademark for it. I'm like, God damn you. <laughs> <laughs> I would have taken that name if I would have known
0: yeah right <laughs> that would be cool he jumped on yeah. it yeah
1: I would have jumped on that in a heartbeat
2: yeah I love the way parks look
1: yeah Super yeah cool.
2: very cool um so what was different about the rockhead circuit the rockhead
1: uh, you know what i i recently Wasn't that like at, the first channel switching well I recently I looked at the rockhead circuit because someone was asking me about one of the, an amp for sale and I was looking at it and I go, it's just totally different than a normal Marshall. It 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 I mean it had cascaded gain stages, but it didn't have yeah. a cathode follower circuit in it. And it was it was quite different from the typical architecture that you know Marshall was or became. Um so so it's a unique circuit that didn't really appear anywhere else. something they were trying at the time i think you know
2: yeah well that's
1: what park was though park was like a
2: place where they could they that's where they experimented you know that for the stuff and that's what i had read in the marshall book he says that uh the the rockhead is what got stripped down because it was too expensive for them to produce so when marshall they just stripped it down and that's what became the 800 but that's what it says in the
1: book, I but I know it's act, very different. It yeah, doesn't it's, it's sound like totally different, circuit. Yeah. and I don't, I don't see how it would be more expensive either. Hmm. I, I, I don't know. That's what, really. That, that, I think that's a line of bullshit. <laughs> could, pro- could be. I
2: love the Rockhead. Yeah. It's it's a very unique amp.
1: Oh, it can be cool. I'm sure, but um, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite unique.
0: It's cool, Jamie Nelson hey mark will dave still
1: mod a jet city uh why are you asking mark when i'm here right i think he's a little afraid yeah, it's intimidating. yeah i can send me an email um
0: you still do them right yeah sure it just the just the 20 though was it the jet city? jca
1: 20 is right. the or jca something 20 uh they, they just not the um, two channel ones. Uh, it's a different circuit.
0: Okay. I think I think we've gone through all the questions. Um, I haven't been looking. Yeah, I've I've gone through everything, um, and it's just hitting the two hour mark. And Dave just hit something because he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> How long do you guys do this show? We usually go about an hour and a half, two hours. That's about Damn. Yeah, yeah, That's about, you know, 2 hours. Dave will be back in a second. He'll click it back on. Um but while we're waiting for Dave, uh so are you working on any any new GNR material with with the guys or is that slack oh, Axel. or you I can't, can't talk, talk about, about that? that
2: stuff? No. I don't talk about that stuff. Okay. That's that it's a very private band. I don't like to <laughs> Yeah, yeah i understand sorry
1: and every hey there he is every there once you. in a great while like i scroll over in the comments section and it just throws me off hmm. <laughs> i have
0: no idea why That's right. i i asked a, a no no question while you were gone so what was that
2: about new uh guns and roses material oh yeah yeah well we'll I have can... to wait
0: we will have to wait <laughs> we'll see and we it's a will, lot. Um, we might be dead. <laughs> I'd like to hear it, I would like to hear it, that's for sure. Um, so I, Rich, I really want to thank you for coming on the show, man.
2: Man, it's great to talk to you guys. Yeah, I got to fun. ask Dave all the questions I've been wanting to ask him. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, so now you now call me or email me, and we'll <laughs> talk about other stuff.
2: I will for sure. Yeah, yeah, man, that would be cool. That'd be really cool. Do a text
1: whatever you have my number.
2: Yep. Yep. Awesome. 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 Good morning. talking to you guys.
1: Yeah. Hey, good anyway, night. Thank have you good, very
2: much for having me. I really. Have a good
1: year. It. Have a good. uh Don't get sick and blah blah blah.
2: Man, yeah. with any luck, I will see you, Dave, in uh April.
1: All right. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Hope so.
2: We'll stay, stay, stay with Stop. this one. Hey.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Stay with us, Rich. One second before we say goodbye, uh, we've got uh, next show is uh, Dan from that pedal show.
1: Uh, we're going to be talking well, about. Actually, his- this would be Dan from the Gig Rig. Dan from the Gig Rig, right? Yeah, because it's uh, it's about Gig Rig stuff and not uh,
0: not the right. pedal show. Right. Exactly. And then um, and then after that, we've, we're in the process of going through some more scheduling, so I'll keep you guys posted. But Dan from Gig Rig will be here so awesome uh, and that is uh, what did I say That was February 13th which is a Saturday I believe 10 a.m. Uh, yes
1: it's the time. it's the uh, UK time
0: yeah it'll be a UK time so uh, and we got here just so you guys know oh, 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 it's right here uh, Richard Sigamp there you go <laughs> um, all right guys we'll talk to you soon all right. Uh, thank hang you. Hang on very a much. second, Richard. Yeah, just okay. say goodbye.